You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Listeners, this is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and our colleagues Gina and Sarah from the Your Story Travel Company. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 688, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. Today, we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades Podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of us would be glad to help. Just text us. We have Gina, Sarah, Vicki, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-395-0544, or email us at yourstorytravel.com, and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so just contact one of us today. So this past Friday, the Festival of the Arts started. And Kaylee and I were kind of bummed or sad because remember last year we got to go and Kaylee said, I can't believe it's almost been a year since we went there. I know. Aww. I was thinking that today too because remember I was there with yeah, you guys. That's right. And so um, we were looking at everything and the art looks so cool and you know how Disney does everything perfectly. The food looks amazing. So it made us want to go. But on that first day, they released this figment popcorn filled. Oh my um, gosh. Yes. <laughs> That's within the bucket. bucket. Oh my gosh. The line, um, I looked at several sources and they all said either six or seven hours. So I put it was between six to seven hours. Yes, that's right. You heard me. Six to seven hours people waited to get this figment popcorn bucket with confetti colored popcorn inside of it. It was all bagged up. So, like, I guess it's flavored. But um, there were other things that were being sold at that booth, but there wasn't a separate line. So if you wanted to try that tomato soup, or I can't remember what the other thing was, you were out of luck because that line went all the way from the World Showcase to the front of Epcot. I don't understand if it was like pre-bagged popcorn. How did it take so long for them to make the transaction? Like, here's a bucket, here's pre-bagged popcorn. They probably had, like, a certain amount there at the booth, and then they'd sell out, and then they'd have to wait for somebody to bring them more. Yeah, I never heard how or why, but I was like, how incredibly crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's a popcorn bucket. I know. I almost wonder if people were like, ooh, a line. There must be something good there. I'll get in line, too. <laughs> Well, this one lady had her, um, it's actually somebody we know from camp when we used to go. His mom got in line and she got in line with five other people. She had everybody buy two buckets. So he took a picture with her with all the buckets that she was taking back to, I think she's from Michigan. And I'm like, Mm. apparently people said, oh, get me that bucket, get me that bucket. So she had to get like 10 buckets. I don't know, this is my personality, and I know not everyone is like this, but when I'm about to buy something, I think, where am I going to keep this in my house? That's what Kaylee <laughs> That's said. the first thought I have. And if I cannot think of where I'm going to store it, then I am not going to get it because it's just, I'm, I can't 
add that chaos to my life. So there is no room for popcorn buckets in my life. Well, see, my thought is, is how am I going to get it home? Because that too, fly, yeah. How am I going to get home? We bought, when we went on the cruise line and the, you know, to Disney, we bought an Oogie Boogie popcorn bucket on the cruise ship, okay? And we were actually able to refill it at Disney when we were there the next week. But we ended up giving the Oogie Boogie popcorn bucket to somebody because I, I had no room to bring it home. Somehow, and I really don't know how we did this, we managed to, on our last Disney World trip, we managed to build two droids and bring them home in suitcases. Um, Pat, like we wrapped them in clothes to try to keep them safe and somehow we fit everything i think we really stuffed a bunch of stuff into our carry-on luggage <laughs> right <laughs> but um yeah it we somehow we made it <laughs> i always buy their the once upon a time wine because mm. i can only find it there like i know they sell it other places they don't sell it here in kentucky i haven't been able to find it so I always buy one or two bottles and I'll wrap them in our clothes. Like they'll wrap them for me in like the bubble wrap and stuff there, but then I'll wrap them in clothes and stuff. So you put them on, you put them in your checked bag? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're lucky it doesn't bust in your clothes. It doesn't. <laughs> I guess because they're wrapped so good with the bubble wrap and then wrapped yeah. in the clothes. I mean, you can watch if you sit by the window. You can see them. I know. Loading it. Loading those bags onto the plane, and it is not a gentle process. I know. I know. Yeah, I brought three bottles of wine home from three different trips, and they've never busted. Mm. That's awesome. You brave lady. The only thing I had bust was this past time I had my mugs, my Disney mugs that we bought. Um, I had them in the front pocket of my backpack. Aww. And I checked my backpack, and it busted one of the bottoms of the cup. Oh, no. Oh, but it's just a little one, so Chris was able to take, like, some super glue or something and, like, plugged it. So now it's fine. It doesn't leak. <laughs> my husband can fix anything. I'm just thinking about your, like, um, your luggage coming on the roller, <laughs> like, area, <laughs> like, leaking wine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be funny. So I've got some news. A limited series of The Santa Claus, produced by Tim Allen, is coming to Disney+. Plus. Here's a series description according to Variety. We've got Scott Calvin. He's on the brink of his 65th birthday, and he is realizing that he can't be Santa forever. He's starting to lose a step in his Santa duties, and more importantly, he's got a family who could benefit from a life in a normal world especially his two kids who've grown up at the pole. With a lot of elves, children, and family to please, Scott sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in a life south of the pole. It's going to be produced by 20th Television, and production of this film is going to start in March. I can't wait. I love I um, I was hoping that they would let his son, because you know his son said, I'm going to be in the family business. I was hoping they would let him do it, but we'll have to wait and see. It'll be a good 
a uh, good thing to have. I don't know when it's going to come out, but it better be coming out obviously around Christmas time <laughs> this year, next year, the year after, whenever. It just has to be Christmas. I guess because he's not doing Last Man Standing anymore, he decided he would do this because I know that they had talked about it for a while that he wouldn't mind doing another one because I know Joey's age group is the one that just loves, loves, loves those movies. My kids didn't get into it. I don't think they were old enough. So, um, some not so great news, but always expected. <laughs> Hundreds of price increases have hit Disney World. We know that this happens often, but these have hit us a little hard. So here's just a few examples to share with you um, with some things that are probably pretty familiar um, to all of us. Mickey premium ice cream bars have gone from $5.69 to $5.99. Mickey ice cream sandwiches also went from $5.69 to $5.99. A Dole Whip float went from $5.99 to $6.99, a whole dollar. <laughs> the Dole Whip cup went a whole dollar up from $4.99 to $5.99. The Mickey shaped pretzel with cheese went from $7.25 to $7.50. And the churro with chocolate sauce went from $6.19 to $6.39. Um, the list is much more extensive than this overall. Oh, yes. Um, but this happens every year. Disney ups the prices. Well, and, and prices everywhere. Everywhere yeah. now. I mean, oh, my yeah. grocery bill has skyrocketed. Oh, I yeah. Know. There was something this morning that I was looking up and I told Lucy, I was like, wait a minute. This is like a whole $2 more than it normally is. Ay, ay, ay. Milk is $3 a gallon. I used to have to get it for $1.99. Um, looking at this list, it did make me laugh a little bit because everything else had smaller increases. Except but for the Dole Whip. They <laughs> no, were like, oh, we know people, people wait in the line. People are not going to let go of their Dole Whip. We can go ahead and just, you know, this one is not because of price increases of like supply. This is the demand. This is the demand of like, we can get people to pay the money for Dolip. I will say that, you know, we're about to go on our trip here in a few days and there's no dining plan available still. So we are definitely going into it with a mindset of we're going to be sharing some food. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, we were looking, you know, I was showing some videos to my husband and looking at large portions of things and as you know, as far as they go, it would be easy for us to split something um, because there's always food left on the plate for us at Disney World. And with snacks, too, it would be easy for us to, you know, not very COVID friendly, but we do live in the same household. And um, it's just, just to share something like this and cut down on the price. Oh, we uh, always do that. Holy yeah, moly. we do, too. Well, yeah. We did when we were there in October, didn't we all, Vicky? Yeah, you know, pretty much just shared. Even um, Ashley and I split some of the food from Epcot. I I don't like wasting food, and so I'm mm -hmm. the person who's like got like a little bitty bit left. And I'm like, can I have a box, please? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um, and so I can't do the parks. So I would rather just split it, and then if I get hungry again later, get something else. Yeah, I think will definitely be easier to share and split things with no dining plan. <laughs> Bring a little knife with you so that you can, uh, well, they probably won't let you in, 
You could bring a plastic knife. I can bring a plastic knife. I was just bring a plastic yeah. knife. To cut the ice cream sandwich. I don't think there's a way to share that premium Mickey, Mickey bar because I think it just melts too fast. Oh, yeah. It's some, that's not something you share. <laughs> no. And we are not big ice cream people. I, I'm at You're my the savory woman. people. Yes. If you have listened to a few of these podcasts, you will know that I am a savory um, food lover. She's going to get those um, egg rolls for us. Egg rolls. Yum. Yes. I'm all about the sweet. <laughs> the first thing I'm getting when I go back is I'm going to Mexico getting another one of those avocado margaritas because that was amazing. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> Nutella waffles, what I thought you were oh, going to yeah, say. Oh, yeah, that was good too. That's on my breakfast list. But I got to go back and get a cinnamon, cinnamon roll, roll from Gaston's. I love mm, the cinnamon Okay, roll. I will get a cinnamon roll from Gaston's. But that's a whole, like, one of those feeds the whole family. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Take a picture of it and send it to me, okay? okay. <laughs> now, I heard the Wana Animal Kingdom is actually better. The, mm. the Mickey Cinnamon Roll Animal Kingdom is Probably. better mm. than the Wana Gaston's. And mm. bigger. I will have to try that. I know. I, I guess it'll be October with, the, with everybody else, hopefully. I know. That's what uh, Kaylee goes, is it bad that I'm thinking October's really far away? I said, honey, we went three times this year, so this past year, so I'm <laughs> kind of feeling that all this food that i want to try and i'm not going to be able to eat it because i'm going to have surgery in april oh then you're gonna just take bites i will i'm gonna have to share with somebody i'm gonna split it i'm a splitter so you can split with okay, me i was gonna say because because i'm only gonna be from what they say i'm not gonna be able to eat a lot no like, you're not just little little bits like a tablespoon of each thing yep all right, it'll be worth it in the end, right? All right, on to some crazy weather news. <laughs> on Saturday, tsunami advisories were issued along the west coast of California, including Los Angeles and Orange counties. The tsunami advisory comes in the wake of an underwater volcanic eruption in Tonga, which is a Polynesian archipelago in the Pacific Ocean. Archipelago however close enough right <laughs> i don't want anybody to give you grief for it it's my kentucky accent all right <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it disneyland resort is located in orange county the park isn't expected to be in be directly affected by the tsunami waves as because the, the waves are actually pretty far off the coast and they have not issued a statement regarding the advisory so visitors to both locations were made aware that the surrounding area might experience some inclement weather but i, I know i saw that and i'm like what a tsunami what <laughs> i think it's funny that inclement weather includes a tsunami <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. that seems odd to me <laughs> That's like a natural disaster kind of, I know. right? <laughs> it's like, we're going to have a little bit of bad weather here. Everybody hop in your boat. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, it's just seems fitting. A tsunami over there, snow and ice here. I know. <laughs> you know? Ugh. Yeah, we had snow, just not on the right day. We had both snow and ice. So new this year to Epcot's International Festival of the Arts is a special version of that Points of Light show on the Orb. And if uh, I'm anxious to hear what Sarah has to say. And you got to see it when you were there, didn't you, Stephanie? So that, and that would mean all of us have seen it. Didn't you see the light show stuff? No, I did not. 
oh okay well anyways it's super cool and they have a rainbow lighting to the soundtrack the Muppets Rainbow Connection and they're even having uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy sing it so Aww. it lights up with the songs and the different colors and the rainbow how fun now I have that song stuck in my head <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to stick it in your head but it's all right it's really cool and because we were staying off property we drove by Epcot a lot and we just loved if there was nobody on the road, I would drive extra slow so we could watch <laughs> lights, the lights change. So that would be fun to watch with that. So if you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to go to YouTube if you're not going to be going, especially uh, during the Arts Festival, because just what I heard from uh, vloggers and reading blogs, it's something to see for sure. So this um, article got me a little confused because it kind of contradicts itself. I know. So it's so funny. It's like, what? Okay. Like, I don't be consistent, be consistent yeah. with what you're doing. So it was announced that due to the recent outbreak of COVID-19 amongst the cast members, the number of Festival of the Lion King shows have been reduced from eight to five shows. Also, the groups are being separated by six feet. I get separating people. I don't know how you help stop the spread by reducing the amount of shows. That just seems to me like more people try and pack in. Uh, so that one... That might just be a staffing issue where they just don't have enough people to fill the roles. So they have to reduce the shows to um, in order to have enough available cast. That would be my guess. You think that each, each of the shows is played by somebody different? Is that how that works? They're I think probably some split. of them straight out. They're probably yeah. split up. Like they okay. have one shift and then another shift, and maybe they just don't have enough of the two shifts. Yeah, then that would that be makes make sense. sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of Thank sense. Thank you, then. Gina. Kaylee <laughs> was saying that she thought they needed to double the shows if they were cutting down because the pictures that I saw were back to the way it was when I was there in October of 2020 when there were six feet between each party set of people. It doesn't sound like they're as concerned. Um, when it says they're separating groups, they're talking about guests yes. that are viewing the show. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess they're just trying to do what they can to protect the people watching and the actors. But that is one instance where, um, at least I know in our school system, you're not considered an exposure unless you've been around the person for 15 minutes. Right. So um, that show feels like it's longer than 15 minutes by the time you go and sit oh, it is. and wait it is. for it to start. It's 45, so, I think. Yeah, so you're you're looking at a long time besides sitting close to people that um, may be infected. <laughs> Didn't bring back social distancing in the lines. Right. Yeah. And the, the six feet apart spots and all, like, that's not a thing anymore, so now going from eight to five shows those lines are going to be packed with people wanting to get in because that's an amazing show and that part doesn't matter <laughs> it's mm. fine you can stand next to that person in line for an hour and a half while you wait <laughs> but for this 45 minutes of the show we are going to make sure but also i mean i guess it's the difference between being outside and inside i don't know um Another thing that kind of contradicted itself is that a step in a different direction, not like being more cautious, but they went ahead and they started walking Kevin the Bird around the park. So Kevin the Bird, we know he's from Up, and he has some socially distanced greetings 
with guests as he walks around the park. I just thought it was funny because both of those are from the same park. Yeah, right. And I'm like, are we taking precaution or are we easing back in? Loosening <laughs> up, not sure. Sarah's going to report back to us and let us know. Maybe because he's six feet taller than everybody, right? Like he's six feet apart. I think our our Kevin cast member is probably safe inside of Kevin. <laughs> he's so tall. It's fine. Yeah. Nobody's going to sneeze in his face. Except for Sarah's husband because he's so tall. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> All right. I have some updates regarding Disney Cruise Line. Beginning January 13th, Disney Cruise Line is requiring everyone ages 5 or older to be vaccinated before boarding for the cruise. Previously, the age was 12 and older, but since the vaccination age has changed, Disney changed their rule. Guests that are younger than 5 provide proof of a negative COVID test result between 3 days and 24 hours prior to boarding. Um, So if you are going on a cruise coming up, make sure that you're aware... If you are five or older, you have to be vaccinated. If you're younger than that, you need a negative COVID test result. And this they announced a while ago. It's just that it's just now in place. Yeah. As I say, I know we're a Disney podcast, but this also applies to other cruise lines. Um, They're doing the same thing. Everybody everybody five years and older has to be vaccinated. I would say no matter where you're going, anywhere you should always be familiar with what their covid protocols are before you travel yeah (laughs) or before you book anything (laughs) look that up first i think part of the reason why they've done it now is because of the cdc pushback with this omnigron variant um they they put a bad taste in people's mouths about cruising because of it cruising is trying to make it safer all right so on to some other news on disney plus seems like Disney Plus has had a lot going on lately. Mm-hmm. So they've announced that the Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, a continuation of the original The Proud Family, will debut on Disney Plus on February 23rd. Uh, the original cast and crew are returning from the series, and KK Palmer has joined the cast as a new character. The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, will be exclusively on Disney Plus. So um, my colleague has twins and they love the grandma on that show. So when I saw this come out, I shot it to her in an email. I said, hey, this is for the girls. And she's like, they love that grandma. I can't think of her name right now for some reason, but like she ruled the roost. And we have some grandmas that come to school that are raising their grandkids. And she's like, she reminds me of grandma proud. (laughs) And so um, as soon as I saw that, I had had to share the news. Well, this is, again, kind of contradictory to Stephanie's story about the Lion King, but restaurants are reopening. Yay! Finally! I'm so excited about this. The Flying the flying Fish at the Boardwalk is going to reopen on January 27th. Jico, uh, which is funny because Brad just asked me if I knew when that one was going to open when we were there because we saw it across from Boma, and it will reopen at Animal Kingdom Lodge February 17th. Cape May Cafe, where we ate as a buffet that they delivered to you, will now go back to its original uh, buffet for both breakfast and dinner starting February 15th. The Ale and Compass at Disney's Yacht Club is going to begin serving lunch again, so it won't just be two meals a day. And the Turf Club Bar and Grill, which 
I'm sad to say I didn't even realize it was not reopened yet at Saratoga Springs will reopen on February 3rd and reservations for all these restaurants will start being accepted starting this Thursday, which is tomorrow, January 20th. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, when the podcast comes out, I am hoping, uh, I'm hoping this also means the Disney dining plan is not far behind. Same. Oh, fingers crossed. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh my gosh. I have so many clients asking, when are they bringing it back? I don't know. I know one of my clients in June, I thought for sure it would be back. And she asked me again, is it back? And I'm like, no, sorry. I thought it was going to be back for this trip. <laughs> I'm really, really hoping by at least 2023, it'll be completely back. I, I was certain by October. I'm like, yeah. there's no way that my October trip of you know, last year was going to not have dining and it didn't <laughs> and it just kept kept going. I'm excited for these things reopening, not because these are like my favorite restaurants or anything, but because maybe this means it'll be less difficult to get dining reservations because dining reservations have been so stressful to get. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed, more things opening means more places for people to go and less um i don't know just (laughs) less of a stressful situation with booking dining continuing with dining i'm going to talk about some seasonal dining at hollywood and vine that has been announced i love hollywood and vine um it is a restaurant that is a character dining restaurant at hollywood studios and it's phenomenal um the food's great and there's just a lot to offer so definitely check this one out if you have not been they have their little classic events that are back and it's just kind of the theming that the characters wear so of course since it's at hollywood studios you will have to have a park reservation and a park ticket and then a reservation for the restaurant this isn't like a just walk-in type of thing um they're gonna have the silver screen dine that runs from january 4th to february 28th It kicks off the year with a Hollywood-inspired character meal with Minnie and all of her friends. Then they've got the springtime dine, and that runs from March 1st to May 30th. And this meal features bright colors and a splendor of spring. So maybe wear your brightly colored flower shirts or your dresses for this experience. The summertime dine is returning, and that one's going to run from May 31st through the summer. It features a classic beach party. Get ready to enjoy some fun in the sun on that one. And the dates haven't been released for the Halloween or the holiday dine yet, but I'm sure we'll hear from those later on. And those came back last year, so I think there's no question they'll come back again this year. They were back. These these four this year, I believe, have been gone since 2020. So I have a pretty cool story to share. Um... I don't know how many people know this, but Disney likes to help out with the bee population. Just not at Epcot. They don't like it at Epcot. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years ago, when Disney was deconstructing the gingerbread house that was in the Grand Floridian for the holidays, and you have to know this thing's enormous. Yes. Like, small children could use it as a playhouse. Um, They noticed that bees were attracted to the broken pieces. Bee populations have been declining, so Walt Disney World made it a mission to provide these important creatures with resources, including pollinator-friendly gardens. 
After the holiday season has ended each year, the Walt Disney World event decorating support team and pastry chefs remove the gingerbread from the wooden frame structures used for each display. The gingerbread is recycled for composting, but the structures are still covered in that sugary royal icing. The structures are broken down and transported to the Walt Disney World Resort Tree Farm. Thousands of local bees then get to visit the farm and clean the sugar off the wooden frames. Bees can travel up to two miles for nectar and pollen, but in this case, sugar. This keeps them well-fed during the winter when food is hard to come by. After they've had their fill, the well-fed bees will return to local farms where they produce honey that farmers harvest and sell. They even contribute to honey blends that may be sold to large companies to use in creating, you guessed it, gingerbread. After the bees, circle. I know. After the bees have left Walt Disney World, the wooden frames are power washed with hot water and stored to be reused the next year. So that is pretty cool and um, it's nice to know that Disney helps out where they can. It's cool that they take that extra step. Like it is quite an extra step to yeah. <laughs> break it all down and ship it all over there and then bring and it back knows, and clean it. With the honey that we buy, we might be getting some Walt Disney World sugar. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a really cool story. Yeah, that's neat. Okay, so let's talk about some new ticket options that have come out for Florida residents. It is called the Disney Weekday Ticket. This will allow guests to visit Disney World Parks Monday through Friday, now until April 7th. The tickets are subject to blackout dates, which are between March 14th and March 18th. The tickets can be used in one theme park per day and can be purchased as two-day, three-day, or four-day tickets. The prices range from $149 to $199 before tax. Proof of Florida residency is required. You can purchase the tickets now, but you need to make sure you book a park reservation and check those blackout dates. So a two-day ticket is $149? Yeah, it ran yeah, so it ranges in that. That's pretty impressive. So I'm Yeah, ass- that's a good deal. They didn't say what the three day was, but I'm assuming it's in between those two because right. one forty nine is the two day, one ninety nine is the four day. One seventy five maybe. <laughs> really nice though. Yeah. I mean if you can go during the week, that's a deal for you. And people who think that they can like just pretend that they're a Florida resident, you can't. Yeah, no, they check. <laughs> They do check for Florida. Like, you have to have your picture ID to show them at the gate. It's not just scan your magic band and pretend you've got a Florida um, address. Like, they will check. You mean you can't do like they do in school and just have your mom put her water bill in your name? (laughs) Exactly. Nope, it does not work that way. Well, this was interesting to me. Typhoon Lagoon has been closed for several days because of the lower temperatures in Orlando. <laughs> so didn't you say you liked it when you got to wear sweatshirts and stuff when you guys were there? Yes, and the weather is looking great for that. It's like low to mid 60s, so I'm ready. <laughs> so they have not been opening Typhoon Lagoon because there's not been enough attendance for it. Uh, and I'm sure that the lifeguards are a little freezing having to wear <laughs> winter coats or whatever. 
But um, so yeah, it's been low 40s with highs in the 60s. And one of the vloggers I was watching said it was going to be like 39 one night. And I was like, I bet they do think they're freezing because I remember the one Christmas morning when it was 42 and there were people in winter coats and gloves and scarves there in Florida. Florida people don't do well with cold weather. I was just thinking about the time that we went at, at Christmas. It was in the 60s. Our kids are swimming in the pool and Chris and I are sitting at the bar with, you know, sweatshirts on. We weren't cold. But the uh, cast members that were tending to the bar and stuff, they had like heavy parkas on. I'm like, it's not that cold. <laughs> Our kids are swimming. <laughs> They're used to that warm weather. Yeah. But um, I'm sure that there will still be some crazy children. Even Sarah's kids may want to get in that pool and have purple lips. They're, yeah, they're, um, they're used to swimming outside. Oh, that's they just, right. They just they got are. back from swim. I watched them come in the door. And um, you're going to have a snowstorm tonight. I <laughs> that's, know. That's my youngest goal is to, if you don't know, my kids swim in a year-round swim club and they practice in an outdoor pool that is heated um so when they're in the pool they're fine but getting in and out can be a little daunting and so her goal is to swim while it's snowing because she just thinks that will be the best thing in the world so yeah i mean i i get it i've like done a hot tub in the yeah. snow and it's always really neat i mean it's a hot tub it's, it, cool, it, but yeah we're not quite as as warm as a hot tub yeah, but, not quite. yeah but it is neat to be like this is so weird i've got like snow falling on my face and yeah the rest of my body doesn't feel it you know that there we do that when we go to tennessee uh, down to that water park they have a hot tub that goes outside and, and it's usually cold and it's it's I know that's where we hang out. We hang out outside in the hot So temperatures have been affecting Typhoon Lagoon, but also wind has caused some issues in Orlando. Um, because of the wind issues and the increase in the wind with the recent weather, Kite Tales in Animal Kingdom has had to cancel at least two of their shows on Monday. Now, Disney can't risk the kites getting caught in nearby trees and ripping, so that's kind of one of those, even if it's on the schedule, you have to, like, when we were there, we went, we sat down, we waited, they got everything out, and then they stopped, and they're like, eh, nope, this isn't going to work, sorry, show's over. So, it Aww. just, just kind of know that that does happen. Um, kite tails does not always <laughs> go on, especially if it's sort of windy outside. I still laugh when I think of this show. I know, I do too. And I think of the first day when it was the one that was diving into the... I just picture that every time we talk about it. The other thing is that I was trying to picture, so we've talked about this before on the show. This park is built like a fishbowl for the animals to keep the temperatures to where the animals need to be. So how does the wind get down in that fishbowl? That's what my mind was saying when I saw this article. I was like, that's very interesting. But anyway. Hmm. Good observation, Vicki. I have no idea, but I know they have canceled quite a bit. Well, I think that one day when they got Baloo caught in the tree, I don't know how much those kites cost, but I'm sure they cost a nice amount of money. And I guess that's probably why. Oh no, we'll see if I try to go see this or not, or I might just think about it and laugh while I'm um, sorry, that's awful. 
Disney Plus will release three new specials on Earth Day this year, which happens to fall on April 22nd. Polar Bear will be the latest film from Disney Nature. Explorer, the last Pipwi is the next installment of the National Geographic's Explorer series. And The Biggest Little Farm, The Return, is also from National Geographic. It is a follow-up to the 2018 documentary that tells the story of John and Molly Chester who leave their urban L.A. life to live on a farm in Ventura County. The new documentary follows their 10-year journey of transforming the land into Apricot Lane Farms. So could be interesting all of them it sounds interesting and i i want i kind of want to say it kind of reminds me you're way too young all of you but my mom used to watch green acres it was reruns when i watched it but that's what somebody leaving la to go to live on a farm that's a big change now i have that song in my head <laughs> <laughs> you're so welcome <laughs> All right, so Disney on Broadway is back. Um, is back at the American Gardens Theater and the Festival of the Arts. This year's first performers are the sibling duo Adam and Ariel Jacobs from Aladdin on Broadway. I think I'm excited about that. Nice. Yeah, I would like to see that. So if you Me get it, if you need a little break, take a little break in the American area, Miss Sarah. Get a little snack, and you can have some good Broadway music. Ooh. I love Aladdin anyway. That's one of my favorites. Good, good tip right there. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Sarah. We're going to pray that you don't have any snow so you can get to Disney World safely so you can come back and report to us about your amazing trip and staying at the newly restored or excuse me, refurbished Wilderness Lodge. So I'm excited about that. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 636-395-0544. If you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text us, Gina, Sarah, Stephanie, or myself, Vicki, at 636-395-0544 or you can email us at yourstorytravel.com. Just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your resort and ticket package reservation. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. This week, Vicki's family is going to be sharing the third and final part of their Disney Christmas trip. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. May all your dreams come true. See you real soon. Have a magical day, my friends.